It's 1987. The Bengals top the charts and teach everyone to walk like an Egyptian. Full House premieres and introduces the world to Michelle Tanner's catchphrase, You got it, dude. And when Murtaugh meets his new partner Riggs, he creates a catchphrase of his own. I'm too old for this shit. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome, everybody, to the Last Action Podcast. I am Hovercraft Joe, joining you as always, and with me is the Sphinx. What's up, Hovercraft Joe? (laughs) And LPJ. Hi, guys. (laughs) Hi, LPJ. How's everyone doing? Good. Fantastic. Excellent, excellent. I'm kind of, I'm excited to talk about the movie we have today. Me too. I'm surprised we've waited this long to bring this franchise up. Um dude, we've done like 60 episodes. We have. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean I think it's I think it's kind of good to the the parcel yeah. out some of these famous franchises. Because we there's still a lot of really there's some big movies that I've been reserving that reserving I want to do for for what exactly? Just so that we have them later on in the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. The stuff like Predator. Totally you were you for whatever reason hate doing Schwarzenegger movies. Uh, no, I just thought we were we were heavy loading with some Schwarzenegger. That's all. He just does all I love action Arnold. movies. I all those action movies are great. Well, anyways, we're not here to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger today. We're Patreon. Here to... That'll be a Patreon special. <laughs> we're Us here arguing. To, we're here to talk about 1987's Lethal Weapon. Indeed. Yes. yes. Which uh, I don't know if we can get into like the you know our first memories of it, but I can say uh, this is the first time I've watched this. Lethal Weapon. Like, I've seen, wow. yeah, I've seen two, three, four. I've seen two a ton, but I've never sat down and watched this whole movie before. Like, I, I feel like I'd seen parts of it when I was watching, and I was like, oh, I think I've seen that before, but never have I seen the whole thing. And I think that maybe has to do with, like, when it came out and, and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, this is my first full viewing of the movie. I know for me, I think the first one I ever saw because of my age was the fourth one. Um, but I loved it as a kid. I, th- and, I thought you watched this one with your family. No, no I would have been one. I, I might have. I might have been on my mom or dad's knee, uh, one-year-old Sphinx watching this. Actually, I wasn't even one because my birthday's in April, and this came out March 6 of 87. But um, the fourth one I know I saw with my family, and I'm like, I love this movie. You know, that's great. <laughs> and these were heavy on TV, all of them. Yeah. And I actually recorded them off of TV. <laughs> so, because um, I wanted to watch the rest. And so I, I fell in love with the series. I still love this first one. Um, of the four, the third one is probably the one I remember least about. Um, and it's probably the one I've watched the least. But yeah. this one and the fourth one I've seen the most, and then the second one. Yeah, the second one for me, I mean, obviously just seeing this one, but the second one I feel like I've seen a ton of times, and I remember that one really well. Yeah. This is a series I have not seen a lot of. Really? I, I've seen the fourth one. That's the one, you know, because that was, that was Chris Rock was in it. That is was that the big. one with Jet Li? Jet Li. Okay. Jet Li, yeah. Okay. It was huge because, you know, that was like Jet Li's big introduction. Yeah. Um, so I remember going to the theater to see that. Um, <clears throat> this one I know I've seen at least once all the way through, but I don't remember it. Uh, and I know I've picked up pieces here and there seeing it on TV. This is the first time I've sat down and watched the whole thing straight through in 
I don't know. I have no idea when. Um, it's been a while for me, too. But like I said, it was one that I had recorded on TV. So <laughs> it is one that I watched a lot in my childhood, which is always funny because, like, this the movie opens up with a nude girl. <laughs> but, you know, there I am on HBO recording it for myself. This, so. I, for whatever reason, I never got into this series. Like, I've seen all the movies. Yeah. But yeah, hmm. I don't know if I've seen three. <laughs> I've never seen. I know I've seen two. Yeah, um, and I know I've seen four, and I've obviously seen this one. I think critically, the third one is the least liked as well. Yeah, Could I don't. Um, I don't really. I, I I don't really remember much about the third one. I think that might be the one that introduces Renee Ru- Renee Russo into right. it. And, and is that the one that introduces Pesci? Or is no, it Pesci's, Pesci's in the one. second one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I found uh, the budget for this to be $15 million, so not anything extravagant, but a domestic gross of $65 million and a worldwide gross of $120 million. It so was huge. It's so huge. Yep. Um, uh, so the, the top grossing movies of 1987, I will tell you that Lethal Weapon came in ninth of, for the year. Okay. You want to take a quick stab at what any of the top three for 1987, it's, it's kind of all over the board. <laughs> 87 would have been... I'd be surprised if you guess any of these. Really? Yeah, because they're all over the board. Like, the, the number one, it makes sense, but I wouldn't have ever guessed it. Um, I can't think of any movies from 87. pre-Batman, because Batman was 88. Wasn't Die Hard, that was 88. Yeah. I will tell you this, one of, one of them is a sequel to a movie that you guys have done on this podcast. <sighs> no. Predator 2? No, you guys haven't done Predator. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we just talked about that. Um, is it Rambo? No. Uh, I'll just tell yeah, you. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> uh, so number one is Three Men and a Baby. Okay. <laughs> number two is Fatal Attraction. And number three is Beverly Hills Cop 2. Oh. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I will say this. There is a movie uh, that you guys have done on the podcast that came out in 1987 that placed in the, you know, I look at the top 100. Do you, could you have any idea what the other movie in 1987? I think it's a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Well, maybe, but I didn't catch that. That's not no. the one I, that's not the one that I'm oh, talking about. Oh, was it Roadhouse? No, it's not Roadhouse. It's one that you guys have very opposing opinions oh, on. Oh, it's, it's Robocop. 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 Robocop came in 16th in the box office in 1987, so... Um, and just kind of to wrap up that. <laughs> I like sort- how we immediately knew what that yeah, movie was. It's still, we still fight over it. Yeah, you guys fight about that like every couple episodes. Um, and just kind of wrapping up this sort of stuff. Uh, this has a Rotten Tomatoes score of eighty three percent and an audience score of eighty six. Okay, so yeah. yeah, pretty 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 even there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, movies directed by Richard Donner. Uh, who is a huge name? Yeah, uh, it's one that freaking down. Yeah, I mean, it's one we've brought up on the show before. Um, the Omen is when he started in uh, 1976. He did Superman, Superman 2's The Debate with the Richard Donner version, Goonies, Scrooged, uh, Radio Flyer, Maverick, Conspiracy Theory, Timeline. You know, he executive produced uh, the first couple X Men movies, if I remember right. Um, and he produces this as well as directs it. Pop quiz, hot shot. Okay. What famous and extremely famous at this point comic book creator is he directly responsible for starting their career? Directly responsible? Um, comic book what? Comic book creator. He is from Michigan as well. No idea. The comic book creator? Uh-huh. Yeah, this is Joe's Literally question, not mine. from down the street. Uh, I don't I guess I don't really know this if I had to take a stab I'd say I don't know Frank Miller. No, because he would have he would have been earlier than that. Um, this is going to surprise you. Cause I guess I just don't know who this comic book artist from Michigan is. It's Jeff Johns. Really? Yeah, he worked for Jeff Johns, or he worked for Jeff Johns worked for Richard Donner doing scripts and things, 
And Donner is the one who introduced him to um, basically getting into his connections for comics. Oh, shoot. I guess I did. Now they're saying that. I guess I didn't know that he was from Michigan, but I didn't realize it was so close mm-hmm. in proximity to us. And so- that's why. So when so uh, they they did a whole line when Jeff Johns was writing action comics, he brought Richard Donner on to help write some of the scripts for them. Um, as sequels to Superman 2. Oh, okay. Interesting. Comics aren't my thing. What has this guy <laughs> been famous for doing? He uh, runs all of DC's creative. Oh, yeah. okay. He's I, like I that. He's like uh, the Stan Lee at this point of DC, DC? Comics. Well, right. that might be a that bit of a big, stretch. Big, but. Yeah, but <laughs> the same type of job. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, the other producer in this film was Joel Silver, who is also a huge name in action movies that we've sure. talked about. Matrix. Um, Matrix, all the Lethal Weapon movies, Die Hard 1 and yep. 2. Um, so he's one that we've brought up as well. The film is written by Shane Black, who is also someone that we have brought up. <laughs> yeah. But do you remember what movie Shane Black wrote that we um Little Weapon One. Last Action Hero. It, it was both, yeah. So um yeah. So Last Action Hero and Loaded Weapon. Um, which the reference to Bruce Willis in Loaded Weapon is because of Lethal Weapon. Yeah. That's kind of gonna give away the role reversal a little bit later. <laughs> Not but, really, there's so many. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Riggs was, Bruce Willis was going to do, but he was busy doing Die Hard. So they made a spoof and loaded weapon that when they were visiting the beach, it was Bruce Willis there, not Martin Riggs. He's like, oh, wrong beach. (laughs) You know, whatever it was. Um, But yeah, Shane Black uh, is a big name. He did the new Predator, Iron Man 3, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, When he, uh, he did the first two lethal weapons uh, as well. When he wrote this film, he was looking to do an urban western. So he was inspired by Dirty Harry, which I've never seen Dirty Harry, which I don't know. Have you guys ever seen the Dirty Harry movie? I've seen Dirty Harry. I've never. I've seen like one of the series. Does it seem fitting? They're they're similar? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, essentially, Dirty Harry is, it's essentially Clint Eastwood as as a cowboy, as a western cowboy, but in an urban setting. Okay. Deadpool's really good. You should see the Deadpool, like the the actual Dirty Harry version. Deadpool, yeah, it's very good. Okay, uh, and there was an original ending that I wanted to share that was kind of interesting. So there was supposed to be a chase at the end of this film <laughs> with a helicopter and a trailer truck, explosions and everything on the Hollywood Hills, and it was supposed to snow cocaine <laughs> over the Hollywood sign. I'm guessing they probably figured that would be way too expensive to do and probably not appropriate to do. Appropriate, I don't know, but expensive, <laughs> yes. Well, so. And I'm sure we'll dig into this a little more as we go through it, but like from what I was reading, it sounds like that the original pass on the script was like 900% darker than what ended up on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> like yes. there was a lot of There's stuff. There's almost that they no changed. comedy in it. Yeah, that it was like kind of a really depressing, dark movie before they kind of brought in somebody to punch it up yeah there was uh an opening the introduction we were supposed to get to martin riggs was he was like drinking at a bar and like some ruffians were supposed to come in and cause trouble yeah and then he was going to like beat the living shit out of them like to start the movie immediately yeah um and then there was also in the original script where there's that sniper rifle guy uh, on the basketball court or whatever Martin Riggs was going to shoot him down with a bazooka. Yeah, I read that. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, and then Riggs was supposed to, like, torture a lot of the villains um, with ninja deaths, ninja flying stars or whatever. <laughs> um, and that was supposed to, like, get information out of them. Which I would still say, you know, that the famous scene with the... The electric shock is still pretty pretty dark, pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. I, so. I mean, there's, yeah, there's definitely still some dark elements of 
probably that original script that stayed in it. I mean, you know, we we basically see him going to shoot himself in the yeah. in the head, you know, at one point. So. Yeah, the, and the, we see the preamble to that that cocaine explosion for the most part at mm-hmm. the end of the movie. That the back of that car is loaded with cocaine. Yeah, right. And I was going to say too, the the comedy in the franchise increases as the <laughs> movies go on because this is definitely the most serious of the four. Yeah, I think by the, the time fourth gets, one is yeah. silly as shit. <laughs> Yeah, but. I think they realized that, that was the drawing, the, the selling point of this was the whole buddy cop funniness yeah. of it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, let's play some music. Let's 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 do that next. Sure, we will play. Um, so this movie <laughs> is loaded with one thing: saxophone. <laughs> and this will give you just a a little taste of how much saxophone is in this movie. That's the sad part. That's when <laughs> Riggs is always staring at the photo of his wife. Did you catch, uh, along with uh, Michael Kamen doing the sound, who helped him out with this? Yeah, Eric Clapton. Yeah. <laughs> which, and I believe that is Eric Clapton playing. I, I would assume it would yeah. be, which is I, pretty cool. And then we, <laughs> so then we have the end credit song to this movie, which is, well, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, LPJ, who even sang it? I think it was Michael Kamen. Well, you think it was Michael Kamen? I I think so. Let's go ahead and play a little sample of it, because it's... Yeah. That that legitimately <laughs> sounds like a parody song that someone would write to make fun of songs in action movies. It sounds like a song that would be in Loaded Weapon One. <laughs> when your helicopter blows up, it's like and cocaine snows all over the ground. I will say this Great. though, like the previous song, not this one, <laughs> is the blueprint for every single like oh, absolutely. Eight late eighties, early nineties cop action <laughs> drama film or TV show. Absolutely, it's so iconic. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's it's always great when it gets thrown in because it's especially with the saxophone. It's usually thrown in there after like a snarky comment or something. Sure. Like it's always like on cue when it when it's gonna start to play. <laughs> yeah, we get that. 
a little saxophone there. That's me playing the sax, by the way. Oh, shoot. That was so. pretty, I had no idea. I thought <laughs> the Eric Clapton saxophone player had walked into the studio. <laughs> that was pretty good. I mean, we've mentioned before we were all in band, so I'm impressed. Mm, that's true. <laughs> we ready for a little lightning round? Yeah. Let's do it. Yes. All right. Well, I will I will be ready. Are you ready? <laughs> I, I am ready. I asked you if you were ready. There we go. All right. Lightning let's, round. Let's do this. All this right. is the app. All right. The director and producer, Donner, he is still alive today. How old is he? 78. 79. Oh, oh shoot. God. How much was Shane Black paid to write uh, for the script? $400,000. No. $300,000. You were closer. $250,000. Ah. What famous actor at the time was considered to direct the movie? Oh, Leonard Nimoy. It was Leonard ah, Nimoy. I knew that. But he passed out it to do Three Men and a Little Baby. Which was the number one movie you <laughs> yeah, saw. Yeah, shoot. Yeah. How old actually was Danny Glover when filming the movie? 40. 50. 40. Ah, it's crazy. Uh, what famous Oscar-nominated movie was Danny Glover in right before Color the Weapon? The Color Purple! <laughs> Gary Busey was once nominated for Best Actor in what movie? Buddy Holly! Buddy Holly story! Yeah, all right. Why are you yelling? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Music's intense! What two... I'm starting it again! Oh, my God. What famous movies did Gibson turn down to do Lethal Weapon? Oh, The Fly and The Untouchables. Good work. The Fly and The Untouchables! You already missed. What was the original name of the movie? Oh, shit. I know this. Uh, I don't know this It one. was frequently used throughout the film. You can't look it up. That's cheating. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Shadow Company. Uh, oh, I actually didn't know that. And besides the four Lethal Weapon movies, what were the two other movies Donner and Gibson did together? Uh, I, mentioned th I mentioned both of them already today. When we went over the Donner movies. <laughs> they're, and they're not Lethal Weapon movies? Yeah, there's two others he did. Um, that, that Mel Gibson was in? Yep. James Garner's in it. Oh, Maverick. Maverick. Maverick, that's right. And the other one I saw, I can't remember the chick that's in it. That's not helpful. I know it's not. Like 97, 98-ish. What's, what's it about? Oh, uh, um... Uh, uh, it's, con it's conspiracy theories. Uh, <laughs> and that's, uh, it was, uh... Is it Renee Russo? Julia, no, it's I Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, Patrick Stewart. Patrick, Patrick Stewart? Patrick that? Stewart's in that? Yeah. Jean-Luc? He's the bad guy. Oh, shoot. He's the bad guy? Yeah, man. Wow. I need to see this now. I saw it in theaters, but that was yeah, it. Yeah, I was with you. It was okay. good. <laughs> well, we're not... This Big surprise. I was with you to see a movie <laughs> in the theaters. Shocker. Man, that was an intense uh, lightning round. No, the Shocker's round. not in it. Well, Shut I mean, up. if if, if <laughs> it was only it was only intense <laughs> because LPJ screamed all his answers. Yeah, no shit. What the hell's with you all? Did you did you snort some of that snow falling cocaine just a minute ago? I just blew my car up. He's a, you are you are. That's what those explosions are outside. It's not fireworks. It's my car exploding God with damn. cocaine in it. You Why are you're in a rare mood right now? Yeah. All right. God, yeah. I messaged Joe. When I first started watching <laughs> the movie, true, really good. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, God damn it, LPJ. This is a Christmas movie. Yes, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> this hey, is a Christmas better. movie. Well, you're, that, you're in the red. Calm it down over there. Sorry. Well, that and that's like a that's a Shane Black hallmark, isn't it? Like all his movies are not all, but a, a lot, lot of them. them. Well, hell, Joel Silver he produced Lethal Weapon and Die Hard. Was the Matrix during Christmas time? I don't think so. But, but like, but I know that a lot of Shane Black ones, like these ones, Iron Man Three, Iron Man Three is Christmas. Um, Predator. 
I don't know. I don't. I don't know, but I know that movie that he did that that Kiss Kiss Bang yeah, Bang is was... a Christmas one. I think really? that's a yeah, that's a real trope of his that he sets a lot of his at Christmas time. So, but so I mean, so again, we're, we I have to go back to this. You say that Die Hard is a movie that you will watch every single holiday. Yeah, how does this not count into that equation? This is a very very Christmas movie. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say it doesn't count in the equation, but this isn't a series that I really follow a whole lot. It's not you, one you that did I mention that earlier, right? And that was the thing with Die Hard. Die Hard was one of those movies that. It, it had a connection with me from a very young age, and I would watch it at Christmas time from a very young age. <laughs> this is like Die Hard in that it doesn't come out during the holiday season. Yeah. This came out in March, where Die Hard came out in July. Right. I, um, I like that. I think me and Spinks both understand your reasoning <laughs> for Die Hard, but are going to still Just continue to it. we're yeah. going to still continue to pester you about it for eternity. That's fine. Absolutely. <laughs> Never yeah. borrowing my DVDs ever again. Die Hard, my ultimate collection. <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> Never again. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We ready to roll into this? Uh, well, I, <laughs> I think we, so. we got to go through the oh, cast. Yeah. Oh, we haven't, oh, we 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 haven't gone through the cast My yet. apologies. <laughs> so we've got Mel Gibson, who's Martin Riggs. Correct. Suicidal. Borderline Martin Riggs. Mm-hmm. Definitely suicidal. Yeah. Not even borderline. <laughs> yeah. He sticks a gun in his mouth. At <laughs> Which, rewatching that scene, man, that was intense. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he really acted the hell out of that scene. Is it just he me? Starts crying this and everything? Is, this is maybe a little... I don't know. Did any of you pick up, it seemed like in some scenes, like his Australian accent yes. made like an appearance? There was a few scenes where I was like, oh yeah, that's right, Mel Gibson's Australian. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a lot, but a couple scenes I was like, oh, I hear it. Yeah, yeah, because this was pretty early on yeah. for him as far as his um, American acting went. Yeah, His racism kicked in a couple times in this movie, <laughs> too. I noticed that. So he was calling them chins. So you were real happy about that. <laughs> Shut the You're fuck like, up. Oh, that's, that's why you love this movie so much. God, I fucking hate you. <laughs> I'm racist over you. Uh, <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Danny Glover is Roger Murtaugh. Mm-hmm. You hate him. <clears throat> <laughs> I love Danny Glover. <laughs> You. Uh, uh, Gary Busey. Gary Busey is Mr. Josh- Joshua. Joshua. Gary yeah. Busey pre-motorcycle accident that made him crazy. <laughs> he still seemed kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah he did. Um, those are really the only three that I have on note. <laughs> yeah. I also had on there uh, Mitchell Ryan, who is Peter McAllister, which is my pop quiz. Oh, I'm sorry. Pop quiz, hot shot. The character name Peter McAllister is famous in another franchise. Home Alone. Home Alone. Home Alone. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. No, it was real good. That's all. Fuck you. I liked uh, it. I liked it, too. That's why <laughs> I did it. No, I don't want to hear your pop quiz. I have another actor who's in this. Gentleman named uh, Blackie Demet. Okay. So Blackie Demet is a drug dealer. So, it, it, so they had that scene with the, uh, with the Christmas tree stand at the very beginning mm-hmm. where Riggs is um, basically undercover. It's the Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. lead singer. Anthony Kiedis is dead. No, <laughs> no, it's not it. Oh, okay. yeah, it is. I, no, it's not my pop quiz. Yeah, I wanted to fuck you over. No, you're being a douche. the other guy in the scene <laughs> whose son is a famous author who wrote The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> you guys oh, are... related to Tolkien? Dang. You got it. Oh, you're good. Oh, He's J.R.R. Tolkien's dad. Stop talking. You guys are having some aggressive pop quizzes. <laughs> Pop quiz battle. He's just being <laughs> aggressive in general. Yeah. Uh, this is what happens when it's a movie that LPJ doesn't like. He gets you, all guys, you guys realize there's a guy in this movie named Grand Bush? <laughs> oh I did not. Um, <laughs> do you. 
Do you guys want to? It's late. <laughs> no, it's not. That's the problem. Uh, do you guys want to go through some net worth? Yes. I okay. did actually did have one more. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Just because I I love music and uh, Darlene Love is yeah. Trish. You know who Darlene Love is right? Famous yeah. singer from uh, with Phil Spector days. So she has a very famous Christmas song. Yeah. Yeah. Which so Christmas I didn't song. know that's who she was. I did know um, that. What's the song? Um, like Christmas snow falling down. Oh, that's Christmas. her. Yeah, that's yeah. her. No, it's right. a great song. She's in. It. She's in an episode of New Girl where she sings it. But you know, oh, that's really? neither here nor there. Okay. How uh, about the net worth? Let's get. Can you get, can you get the music for us, LPJ? <laughs> Good work. All right. I only did a couple for this. Um, so I'm let's, gonna imagine three. Three. <laughs> I did three. So let's just run through it. So Gary Busey. What do you guys say <laughs> for Gary? A dollar. Ten million. Ten million. <laughs> yep. Five hundred thousand. Yes, I was closer on a dollar. <laughs> Yikes! All right, uh, Danny Glover. Ooh. We did we do a movie with Danny Glover before? No, he's no. New. I'm gonna say twenty million. Twenty five okay. million. Forty million. All right. All right. And then he, uh, you know he's in a million movies. Yeah, Operation Dumbo drop. <laughs> <laughs> no man, if you see, like if you look at his IMDb, there's all sorts of direct to video stuff. Um, and then finally Mel Gibson. Um, I'm gonna big. say two fifty. I'm gonna say over that three, maybe three fifty. Closer. You guys are always lowballing these guys. Four hundred and twenty-five million for Mel Gibson. Oh man, still not as much as uh, De Niro. As De Niro. <laughs> yeah, De Niro, man. I I <laughs> believe that dude's five hundred mil. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, those are the only ones I did because you know those are probably the most recognizable. Fair enough. This movie was nominated for an Oscar. Did you catch what it was? I did not. Is it I sound not editing. A sound mixing. Sound mixing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was. I did not know that. All right. So, our film, Lethal Weapon, starts off with a naked chick. <laughs> that is true. That did a bunch of cocaine, took a pill, and jumped off the roof. Which, mm-hmm. I have a quick question about this. In, in LPJ, you're, you're our physics expert. You sure. can help me out with this. And this always seems to call ha- expert. <laughs> this always seems to happen in movies and TV shows. She dives from a pretty high window, hits that car, and is still intact. Wouldn't she like kind of explode if you're that high up and you hit the ground? I wouldn't necessarily say explode, but, but it'd be messier. Be a, it'd be messier than, than what they portray in the movie. Sure, because she kind of hits the car and is all in one piece, and it's like, okay. I always find that. An, I mean, I get it for the sake of movies. You're not going to show someone like blowing up, basically hitting the pavement. But I thought it was like eh, she seems. It'd to be, be a lot more messy. Okay, that's all I wanted to clarify. You know, she actually did that jump. The the actress. Oh really? No, yeah. I didn't see that. She no, died. She, she did this. No, she did. <laughs> oh, so, oh no. <laughs> she did the stunt, asshole. <laughs> anyway, and then we are introduced to Murtaugh yeah. taking a bath <laughs> in the morning. That's so weird. And then his, and then his family kids, comes in? Yeah. That is up. so weird. That Honestly, that was maybe the most disturbing part of this whole movie, <laughs> was that scene. I, I tend to agree. And, and why do you have a birthday cake like first thing in the morning? Like when you wait until Dude, he got guy, home from and work? And let the guy get out of the bath. Yeah, but He I, had to go <laughs> in right away? Yeah. But I think all these all these kind of scenes here, this is kind of to establish uh, Murtaugh as like the family man. You know, yeah. he's got it. He's got was it three kids? Yeah. Um, you know, loving wife. Yeah. And kind a of all teenage that. daughter. Yeah, is going to be trouble. Yeah. So they're kind of just setting up like we're kind of given two like opposite sides of the coin. You know, like mismatched pair, if you will. So we're setting up him as the family man. You know, he's been doing it for a long time and all that kind of stuff. I did catch. There was like a sticker on the refrigerator. It said "Free South Africa and Apartheid." Yeah, I, I did kind of like that. And which, then, is, which is crazy because the second movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're the villains in the second movie. So thank you for getting ahead of me when I was <laughs> going to say that. 
And, so the villains in the second movie. Well, so and then like the flip side of that family life is yep. the introduction to Riggs, who lives in this like trailer on the beach, and he wakes up like with a cigarette in his <laughs> mouth yeah. that he immediately starts smoking again. I think he butt like, ass naked. Too. Yeah, yeah. We get a long bun shot, and then like so he, then he. I remember that being a big deal too. Mel Gibson's ass. Yeah, like everybody fawning over Mel Gibson's ass. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe it was just you. So he he wakes up with a cigarette in his mouth and like. Yeah, Immedi- maybe. Immediately cracks a beer and drinks that. So it's like, again, kind of setting up these polar opposites. Yeah, which will. which I like that. I think that's what makes this movie enjoyable to me is is how the two have to work together when yeah. they are so, so different. And we see that tension in the beginning of the movie when they have to work together. Right. Like there's that scene after, I mean, we'll talk about it, but after Riggs jumps off yeah. the roof, you know, Murtoff grabs him into that that room. He's like, you really want to kill yourself? And it's like... <laughs> That was more intense shit going on yeah. there. So I guess my, my question then is, so despite being a complete mess, is Riggs the better cop? I guess is kind of how they set that up. Like he's the he's the problem I, child, but he's he's like a like an, like a savant. I think Murtaugh is the better detective. I think Riggs is the better cop, maybe or maybe not the word cop, but better. I and, think I think. Getting I think Don, like Murtaugh plays by the rules, Riggs does not. My opinion is is that Murtaugh is kind of he's kind of who's he's kind of over it, you know. Like at the one point where he's kind of like, ah, this is wrapped up, we figured it out, this is it, it's done. Where uh, mm. Riggs is more kind of like the, you know, like he even says, you know, like when they talk about him being suicidal, he's like, this the job is what keeps me from doing it, you know. And he's kind of more, I think, uh, he's got nothing to lose. He's more like dedicated in a way to the job because that's like his one thing that he has where i think at least the introduction to danny glover is he's kind of like eh whatever you know i've been doing this forever and he's just kind of maybe not as interested in it as so i guess that's an interesting dichotomy because so riggs has nothing at home all he has is his job murtra on the other hand has his home life and the job is secondary to right yeah yeah and I think that's what they're what they set up, and that's kind of you know how the okay. characters play against each other. Yeah, and we we then start to get some scenes showing Riggs's insanity essentially. You know, we, we, I talked about earlier how there was a sniper on the playground, which is intense that they like shot a kid. Yeah, um, I was like, wow, he really did shoot them. Um, but then he just kind of walks up, reckless abandon, like keep shooting at me, and then eventually he pulls out his gun and takes him down. Um, you know, then there's the the Christmas tree lot scene, you know, where he's trying to deal with the drug deal. Hold on. What scene was that? What? The kid on the playground with the shooting. It was the first time Riggs is, is on his way to work and he gets phoned in that there's a sniper. I think that might be like a... Did you watch some kind of like... Oh, maybe I watched like an extended, extended version. You watched an extended version. I didn't yeah, see that. Because I remember reading oh. about that. I remember reading about that scene, but it wasn't in the version I watched. Yeah, I watched the original theatrical version. Oh. And that's not in... That's not a scene I saw. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I just got a DVD from the library, so... Oh, shoot. So yeah, it must have been some kind of extended cut, because I yeah. remember reading about that scene, but the version I watched, it's just the Christmas... Tree. Well, yeah. I can see why it's not in the original cut because it. I mean, there's a police officer dragging a kid out from the playground because the kid got shot. He's like eight. Jeez. And yeah, there's I did like, not see that. Yeah, and there's like a sniper guy just outside of his apartment, like shooting people on this basketball court playground. Oh yeah. Yeah, and yeah, Riggs just kind of walks up like nonchalantly, like whatever, and then is able to convince the guy to poke his head out and he shoots him. He's dead. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so but, then, the, so then, so I guess most versions that's the Christmas tree lot scene, you know, where he's trying to bust a drug deal, 
And that's a fun scene. You know, yeah. he's like, you're great. You know, you think I'm crazy, you know, and whatever. And he starts three stooging the guys, you know, poking their eyes and slapping oh, them across the face. And you all mean that. the scene with Anthony Kiedis's dad? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, is he in this? <laughs> yes, yes, he is. <clears throat> I thought it was uh, Jared Tolkien's dad. <laughs> <laughs> And so that's that's not the only Three Stooges reference. The Three Stooges Christmas special is on when Riggs is back in the back in his uh, trailer about to pop himself off. Yeah, which is kind of like the next scene we get where he's just like the really dark place where he, he loads that bullet and, you know, he's looking at the picture of his wife and he's just like he puts the gun like I think he puts it to his head and yep. then he puts it yeah. in his mouth and he just can't quite pull the trigger. And But you see like he's got the fingers on the trigger. Like, yeah, he's like, starting to pull down on it. And we learn kind of like they introduce kind of a very quick character, but it's like the I think it's like the police psychologist, mm-hmm. and she's kind of talking to the captain about him, and we kind of learn that his wife was killed in a car accident. I yep. think they say, and that like he's kind of that's he hasn't properly dealt with it really. Yeah, he's in a really dark place. Yeah, yeah, because uh, we find out that I don't really know why Murtaugh doesn't have a partner. I don't remember if they said why, but he now is going to have a partner to investigate this. Um, this girl that that fell off of the building, which they end up finding out was not a suicide, right. but actually murder. Yeah, because someone doctored the pills. <clears throat> yeah, like, was it with bleach or something? Drain cleaner. Drain yeah. cleaner. Yeah. Well, isn't the guy that he's talking to the guy who's uh, who's the other Agent Johnson in um, in Die Hard? Yeah. Is it he? Wasn't he the for- Riggs's former partner? I don't oh. know if he was his former partner. or If he was just in the police station, they were talking about him. I thought he said he was his former partner and. I no, I, I don't think so because Murtaugh doesn't know who Riggs is, and then you remember he like tackles him, thinking he's got a gun, like he's just a stranger. No, he's Murtaugh's former partner. Oh, Mert, I thought you said it was Riggs's oh, former, no, partner. former partner. Oh, I don't know, I didn't pick up on that, but maybe you're right. All right, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. And so we we find out that the girl is um, the father is his the last name is Huntsaker. 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 I wasn't sure either on yeah. that. Yeah. And so he has a relationship with Murtaugh in that they fought together in Vietnam. He saved his life, he Danny Glover's life. life in Vietnam. Yeah, which pop quiz. I did have another one. Pop quiz, hot shot. So he saved his life in the Ia Drong Valley, which was a battle in Vietnam. Mel Gibson did a movie that was about that battle. Do you know what that movie was called? Uh, was that it, Thin Red Line? Nope. No, no, it's, uh, it's like Talkers. No, nope. it's like it's like When We Were Heroes or something like so that. So close. Yeah, we were soldiers. We were soldiers. I knew it was something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about that battle in Vietnam, which Wind is just... Talkers. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I think that's a Christian Slater movie. No, Wind I think Tucker? it is Gibson. Aren't they both about? It's about both World War Two. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Thin Red Line as well. But it's about um, that, the, that's the Navajo one about Indians. the Navajos, the codes yeah. that they would yeah. send. Yeah, but anyways. <laughs> so uh, we find out that that Hunsaker has been actually trying to reach out to Murtaugh yeah. prior, and he just didn't get a chance to get around to it. But now yeah. Murtaugh's like, well, something's fishy here. Yeah, right. Like, why is this guy that I haven't talked to in, in a long time reaching out to me? And then, it, as it turns out. Well, yeah, the daughter dies because he finds out the name of the victim is Amanda Huntsinger. Yep, and that's when he's like, he goes and the guy was like, "Well, I've been trying to reach out to you because she's into some bad stuff, and I was hoping you could pull her out of it, but now she's dead." And he kind of is like, "Hey, you owe me. I, you know, I saved your life. You know, you find out who did this, and kind of basically implores him to solve the case and find out who did it. I think he even says like, "Kill him." <laughs> yep, that's what he wants. He wants them. He wants Murtaugh to kill them. Yep. 
And so, you know, we then start to see Riggs and, and Murtaugh start, first start to work together. You know, Murtaugh is already kind of skeptical about Riggs, and that's where we get the famous line, they could register you as a lethal weapon. Because <laughs> well, we find out that he's like... Well, he's got all this martial arts. Yeah, you well, know, training we find, we find and, out that they both served in Vietnam, but like, which is weird because he, se- you know, Riggs is so much, at least seemingly in the film, is so much younger. Well, in the I think in the movie they say that um, Danny Glover's supposed to be fifty, and I thought Riggs was like thirty-five. Right? He, well, he's supposed to be like thirty-eight in the movie. He was yeah. thirty when they made it, but he's playing thirty-eight. So there is still a kind of an age. You wouldn't think, but I guess, you know, it was Vietnam. People were being drafted and stuff like that. So Yeah, and Vietnam was about 15 years long. So you could seemingly have Danny Glover in the beginning of the war and Riggs at the mm-hmm. end. And I believe Riggs was a Green Beret, I well, think he was trained well, he as. Was, uh, special ops. He was a, he was a special forces. Um, they, they call it like Phoenix Project or right. something he was in. Some kind of like. He was a like, sniper. Seemed like some kind yeah. of like wet works kind of like, yeah. you know, special mission what thing. What was that, that Shadow in. Company or whatever? Yeah, he was, was in. My, and he was. That was my. Was he in Shadow quiz. Company? No, Shadow Company is what the bad guys were in. Like, I think that. That's, oh, that was the operation in Laos where they were doing the drugs. Yeah, I think that right. that You're was right. the, the thing that he was got in. It, whatever, whatever his was in was called Project <clears throat> Phoenix. Got it. They yeah. don't really explore that much, but uh, Danny Glover seems to know what it is. Yeah. So. so then we get the famous scene of there's a guy suicidal, you know, about to jump off a roof. Um, for some reason, Riggs goes up. Murtaugh lets Riggs go up there to handle the situation, which I feel like if you already know that this guy's kind of suicidal, that's the last <laughs> thing you would want is another suicidal guy to go up there. And then Riggs acts kind of cool in the beginning and whatnot, and then he ends up cuffing the guy. He's like, well, now if you jump, you're going to murder me. And that's, you know, obviously it's going to put you away. But yeah. Obviously, they've got the big tarp set down on the, yeah, on the, the ground. Yeah, yeah, the airbag. So, you know, he's like, do you really want to jump? <laughs> and then, sure enough, let's do it. And they jump. The guy's like, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. Oh, we did, uh, we should say, we skipped over before this, we skipped over the introduction to kind of the villains of the movie. Right. Yes. We uh, and to Gary Busey's Mr. Joshua. And I, I believe the guy's name is like Mitchell Ryan, who plays yep. the general in it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're kind of introduced to them. They, they bring a guy in who wants to basically buy drugs from him. And that's the weird scene where... Um, Gary Busey, like, he holds out his arm, <laughs> and the guy just, like, puts the lighter to it, and he, like, doesn't flinch at all. For, like, a solid, I don't know, 10 seconds, 15 seconds? Longer than that. Which yeah. I can't even remember why they do it. I just remember it happened. Just to show he's, like, intimidation, like he's a tough guy, I guess? Yeah, yeah. like, like he, like... Because he says, like, don't mess with me when the yeah. deals start happening. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll have to send Mr. Joshua out on you. Yeah. So I think it was just sending the message, like, don't, right. don't double cross So me that's here. our introduction to them, and that happens kind of immediately before the scene we were just talking about when, right. he, when he jumps out the building. Yeah. And, so. and we still don't know really what they're about. It's just that they're drug dealers. So, yeah. Um, after the jumper scene happens, I, I mentioned the scene earlier. That's where um, Murtaugh grabs Riggs, and they go into that, like, abandoned... You know, yeah. storefront. Yeah, and they kind of have it out. Yeah. yeah, he's like, you really got a death wish, right? And they yeah. really, yeah, they have it out and whatnot. I think and that's when we, oh, that's the second time we that's get That's the, the second, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, and that's a, one of the things I read. They said they pointed out that a lot of people get it wrong and that it wasn't until the second movie that he started saying, I'm getting too old for this shit. In this movie, it's just, I'm too old for this shit. So oh, nice. there you go. Uh, they go to a house in Beverly Hills. I couldn't quite remember the tip they got, like how they knew to go to this house. Well, oh, I think and... they find out somehow that it was her dealer. I don't know how they find that out. It was out, her but... pimp. Oh, her pimp. Okay. Yeah. Well, she wasn't a prostitute, though. I thought she was just a porn star. No, 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 no. Dixie. Dixie, who was 
the Amanda's friend. Who's that Amanda's was there. friend. You're right. Okay. And Dixie was the one who basically alerted the police. Yep. So they put, they pieced it together that Dixie was actually in the room with her. Yep. Right. Um, and so then they went to go talk to Dixie, and then they figured out that obviously Dixie was put up to do this. Yeah. So they went to go talk to Dixie's pimp, who was, I don't even know what his name was. Yeah, I don't think he ever that. had a name. Yeah. But yeah, the guy just starts shooting, you know. Um, Murtaugh shoots him like in the arm and yeah. he's like, you know, this is how you're supposed to do it. And then he pulls out a gun and Riggs has to shoot him like right in the chest, if right. I remember which, right. Which I didn't get though, because the, he shoots him obviously in the chest and the guy falls in the pool and then they both dive in after him. But I'm like, isn't it pretty clear that the guy was dead because he got shot like twice in the chest? Why did they dive in the pool? I don't know. <laughs> well, I needed to question him just to make sure he wasn't dead. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess. So then, um, well, he invites him to dinner. Yeah, he takes him home to meet meet uh, Murtaugh's family. That's right. And the family feud is on, which the family feud is on like every time there's a TV in this movie. I caught it. It's like four times when the TV is on, <laughs> the family feud is playing. So I guess that was just the, the TV show in 1987. I guess. Was it Richard Dawson? I don't think he was still doing it by then. But yeah, he was. Was he? Right. Yeah. Or I mean, if not, it was reruns, but. Yeah. Anyway, and then I, I wrote on here, so Roger, like, asks what's for dinner, and he, like, just shoves his hand right in the oven and like, is, like, touching it. I'm like, shouldn't it be burning right now? Probably. <laughs> but, you know, he and checks this, it out. Then they make fun of her cooking. Yeah. this is And this is kind of where, like, Murtaugh is kind of like, yeah, we got it all figured out. This is why it went down. This is everything. He thinks the case is solved, and, and Riggs is not so sure about it. Yeah, they're, like, on his boat. Like, he's, like, fixing the boat, and Riggs is messing with them. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know anything about boats, but really, like, accidentally or purposely, like, turns it on. <laughs> yeah. Like, scares Murtaugh and all that fun stuff. Then we find out that there's, like, a weird, like, chemistry between Murtaugh's, uh older daughter and Riggs. Yeah, she you know, has, she's like got a crush for she's him. She's got the hots for him for sure, yeah. Yeah, and that's when the saxophone always plays. <laughs> <laughs> My saxophone was not nearly as good as yours. No, it was not. That's okay. And I, and I can't remember why, but like after Riggs leaves, that's when he gets that like he gets like a package delivered to him and it's got like a yearbook and like a video and it they both have that Amanda in it. But I don't remember who sent it to him or what that leads him to believe. I, I don't just, know what that led them to believe. I just remember that it, it was part of the movie. <laughs> but then I, there's also right after that, Riggs leaves and he picks up the hooker just to spend time with him. So it's like, what the hell's that scene yeah, all about, that's too? An, that's another, not a scene that's that... another scene, not in our version. Yep. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Correct. Oh, yeah. After he after he leaves dinner, he just goes to the corner and like gives this chick like a hundred bucks, and she's like, "What do you want to do tonight?" And he's like, "I just want you to come and watch some TV with me." Yeah, no. That's... She's like, "You serious?" He's like, "Yeah." And then that's it. <laughs> no, that wasn't in the version I watched. Yeah, I mean, there's nope. no connection to anything. <laughs> like, Maybe just... that's why it's not in the version we watched. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Okay, I did write down at this point though. Why is it so rainy in LA? <laughs> it does not rain in LA. That's true. Ever. That, yeah, it does not. And all the time it's raining. I mean, I guess at the end it's the fire hydrant that goes off, but. Right. You know, this movie is very wet, <laughs> like another movie we've talked Ugh. about that's wet. Because, you know, there's a lot of wet in this movie. Okay, great. And I, I think we might have got a little <laughs> backwards, because I think after this is when they think that they're like, well, maybe Dixie was the one that killed her. Because then Well, they no, they did interview Dixie before, and that is what led them to the pimp. But then they realize we should probably go back. Like then they realize they think that Dixie was lying to them. Right. Then they try to go to her house, and the house freaking blows up. Yeah, right. 
which yeah. is kind of cool when they're like walking up to it and it just blows up like right in their face. Yeah, because then there's like the playground kids that are like picking on them, like, oh yeah. no, it's the police, you know, whatever. And they they interview the kid who saw the guy. They were playing like hide and seek, and he saw the guy, and that's when he tells him he's like, oh, he, he had a tattoo on his arm, and it's just like the one that Riggs has, which is like the um, special forces. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. And so that is where. Um, they finally go back to Huntsacker. Right. They, they kind of figure out that he's involved in all uh-huh. this. And that's when we get the story about Shadow Company and all the drugs and kind of like this yeah. operation they have going on. Yeah, so essentially Huntsacker is, his business is a front that is bringing in heavy drugs from Laos into the United States. No, he's their money launderer. Oh, but they're using his company. They're using his company to, to launder the money. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and then uh, this scene seemed kind of preposterous to me because then, like, they're sitting there, and then out of nowhere, this helicopter shows up yeah. and shoots Hunsager and kills him. But it's like, I have in my notes, like, how did that helicopter sneak up? Helicopters are not <laughs> quiet. And, and it's it just, during the daughter's funeral, too. Yeah, and it just, like, sneaks up out of nowhere. It's kind of this, like, house on, like, a cliffside by the ocean. And it just yeah. shows up and shoots him, like, immediately. And it's like, you would hear that thing coming. Especially because oh, Riggs is outside, like, yeah. smoking a cigarette. Like, he totally would have heard it. That that kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, I don't think that thing could sneak up on him. <laughs> It's one of those silent helicopters. Don't you know about those? <laughs> Shadow Company. Yeah. Shad- yeah. That's the name, Shadow Company. So I, the next thing, I think, is where they're kind of on the street and where Riggs gets shot, right? They, like, pull up. Yeah, the Joshua does, like, a drive-by shooting. Yeah, with a shotgun. Just yeah. right through the building's window. Yeah. So, and, like, they they think that Riggs is dead, but he's not. He was wearing a vest. So they kind of play up. They want the bad guys to think he's dead. So I think they even like maybe call it in or whatever and say Heaven's yeah. Day is dead. Um, but also we find out at this point that Murtaugh is like they, they introduce a little bit about her boyfriend, but they find out that he shows up dead, and they kind of figure out, oh crap, you know, like the the bad guys know who we are and what's going on. Yeah, yeah, they end up figuring out, you know, that they're the ones investigating them, and so that's why they went after Riggs, and so then they go into Murtaugh's house and they kidnap their daughter, you know, his daughter. Yeah. And so that's where they have, like, the really intense scene. I think it's in the living room where, like, you know, we're going to do this. It's, we're going to do it hardcore. Right. And Well, that's what it is because when they call to tell him about the daughter, that's why that's when uh, Murtaugh tells, like, Joshua that Riggs is dead. Right, so exactly. They, so they go, they go, they set up this exchange out in the middle of the desert, but yeah. they don't know. So, And that was a really cool scene. I really like that one because you got, like, uh, Riggs, uh, Mel Gibson's kind of hanging behind with that sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. While uh, Murtaugh goes to meet with them, although I did find it odd that the bad guys brought that helicopter at all. Like I was like, why is that helicopter there? They have, well, they drive no up in a idea. bunch of cars, and then this helicopter comes flying in and land. Yeah, I'm weren't like, the three cars enough? Yeah, that, I was confused as to why the helicopter why, was there. Why would they had the helicopter? They were wouldn't they see Murtaugh? Or see Riggs, I mean, they were flying over the area anyway. He was pretty hidden in like some yeah, bushes. They and might stuff. not have seen him. I guess, <laughs> but it's it's completely flat and like open. But it's not open where he drops him off. It was all like kind of like yeah, there was, desert grass. There was some like thickets or something that he was hiding in. All right, I, guess. I am <laughs> curious though how Mitchell Ryan the boss ends up finding Riggs. Like where did he come from That's, that he snuck up? They behind were in the him? helicopter. Wouldn't Riggs have seen the helicopter fly behind him to drop him off to then? Or even though it's that silent helicopter, <laughs> yeah, so. there it is. Who knows? Well, basically this exchange goes bad, and I'd say yeah, that it is a cool scene. Shit kind of hits the fan. Um, I think yeah, because he threatens him with a grenade. I think and jo- Joshua shoots Murtaugh, I think, like in the shoulder. Yeah. And then Riggs starts just taking people out with that sniper rifle, which is pretty sweet because he's like such an amazing shot. 
Yeah, and then the daughter doesn't know how to drive because, <laughs> like, she should have been able to escape the helicopter. Well, but she's, she's just driving straight, and the helicopter is, like, kind of running into the limo. Well, she's supposed to be 15 in this. Well, so that's kind of the thing is, like, uh, she right. doesn't quite know how to I drive. I didn't know she was supposed to be that young. <laughs> yeah, but. that's yeah. she's supposed to be 15. Okay. She was actually, I think she was, like, 25 Yeah, or she was like a that. lot older than she was playing. Gotcha. So, I mean, basically this shakes out is that they all end up getting captured by the bad guys. Yep. Um, they take them to their hideout and they're, uh, that cool scene where they're like, well, not cool, but that scene where they're torturing Riggs. Yeah. Endo. Yeah, the guy that- Tony Lung. Yeah. yeah. And he's Who's like- die hard. He's like electrocuting them. Right. Tra- like Al Long. Sponge. I'm sorry, not Tony Long. Al Long. And they're like, I think they're kind of like, well, he doesn't know anything, but they're still like torturing him mm-hmm. to find out. But it, like Riggs like ends up like, didn't he like break his neck with his legs oh, or whatever? Yeah. yeah. It's 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 pretty cool because then he shows up and just, um. well, they're beating the shit out of Murtaugh, like the general yeah. and stuff, like just, right. just beating him up. But Riggs escapes and shows up and just starts killing tons of people. Yeah, it's like a club that they're in. Yeah. Right on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, because they're kind of in the back room and then they're escaping and they're just going through the club just like taking people out with the machine gun. Yeah. Uh, and they're having like a shootout on Hollywood Boulevard. You can see like the Walk of Fame all around too. Yeah. And um which is just crazy. And and Riggs goes after Joshua because Joshua like gets out of there in a car and he kind of is like running on foot and stuff. Well he gets out of he, he Joshua's plan is to go back to Murtaugh's house. And kill his family. Which I don't... Was that the plan to kill the family? Yeah. But at this point, like, why would you kill the family? Like, everything's now ruined, right? I think just... Just just because... Because he's a a fucking asshole. Okay. I mean, if I was Mr. Joshua, I would have, like, tried to get the hell out of Dodge... See, yeah, I think that was not within the, within his wheelhouse of thinking at this point. Yeah, I guess maybe that's a because he because uh, Riggs does catch him, but then he ends up getting away again and like right. steals another car and takes off. And I know that like I don't know if someone has more details on this. I remember that uh, Murtaugh takes out the general, but I don't remember specifically how it happens. Oh, he does the famous. You know, Murtaugh is always famous yeah. for like cranking his neck before he's about to shoot. He somehow finds them like in the alleyway of the bar. Oh, that's they just right. Happen and then, to, like, be... Yeah, and so he shoots the driver, and then the driver just crashes the limo right on Hollywood Bull. He like crashes into a bus, Somebody, and, then the, yeah. and then the car flips over. And some there's grenades where, in the car, but I don't know how the well, grenades go off. Well, and that was the uh, and there was grenades and um, cocaine. That was where the <laughs> oh the that cocaine. was where the cocaine raining cocaine. cocaine was gonna happen. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. So um, the general's dead, but then they kind of figure out they're like, that's when they realize that Joshua's going back to the house. So Joshua does get to the house. He kills a couple of cops that are just watching. Which the house. where was the family at the time? Did they get to the? Did the cops tell the family ahead of time to escape? We don't really get any of that. I yeah. That's I not think really... they were already. I think they were already. They were yeah, gone. They, were totally they don't. Gone. They don't tell us explicitly, but I, I think we're supposed to believe that they had already. I mean, that makes sense to me that they would have moved him from the house already. But sure. but he yeah. does kill a couple of cops when he shows up. Yeah, um, and then the car drives into the fire hydrant, so the water's spurting yeah. everywhere. Well, that's and that seemed completely unnecessary because he's in the house looking for him, and they drive the car. Yeah, why into did he just house? ruin his house? I mean, that's his home. Well, that's kind of a trope throughout. All the movies, his house keeps getting blown up or destroyed or something happens it's to true. it. true. Because, so, the, so they capture Joshua, but then they decide, like, the, him and uh, Riggs, Riggs yeah. they're going to fight. He's like, oh, do you want a shot at the title or whatever? And they have that awesome fight in the it front yard really good. where they're just, like, wow. going at it. And, like, at that one point, like, Joshua's got that big 
like pole and like he throws Mel Gibson like the nightstick and they're just going at it. Although I did find it kind of funny that all these cops are like, yeah, we're just going to let this happen. It's fine. And like Danny Glover's like, yeah, break his neck. Break his neck. Rick. I guess that my, I, I thought that at first too, but then I remembered that Joshua did kill those cops. And I think that's yeah. where cops kind of have like, mm-hmm. when you start killing cops, you, yeah. you, you and ignore it, the rules and it was of the, the 80s. law. Yeah, and it was true. the 80s. Because Riggs ends up winning the fight and beating Joshua. But then, so they're kind of, oh, the fight's over. But then Joshua, Joshua like grabs the gun from one of the cops. And like you get that sweet scene where they both turn Riggs and Murtaugh yep. of their guns and both just <laughs> both shoot them, and blow them away. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so kind of the 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 end up, uh, I, I guess the roundup, the ending here is that you get Mel Gibson visiting his wife's grave. It's raining again. It's raining again. It's wet. Um, he goes and it, it's Christmas as we mentioned, so he goes to Murtaugh's house and he gives him the bullet because he tells him before that he gave him like that what what kind of bullet hollow was, point hollow point to make sure. So he gives him the bullet, you know, kind of like hey, you know, he's got something to live for now. Um, and, and he ends up he's going to spend Christmas with him. So it's like he has a family now, and they kind of have this like respect, and you know, they're really partners now. Yep, and that's that's the end. It sure is. <laughs> Yeah, it basically essentially ends just like a Die Hard movie. <laughs> yeah, with a Christmas song, and there go the credits. Yeah. Did you know the third Die Hard movie was actually originally written as a Lethal Weapon sequel? Really? Mm-hmm. Were they going to use L.A. instead of New York? I believe so. All right. I can see. I can see a lot of that, actually. Mm-hmm. Did you see, uh, speaking of Die Hard comparisons, and I guess this could have been a pop quiz, but I'm not going to present it as one, but did you see that they said that, that uh, the Beretta... The prop Beretta that mm-hmm. uh, Mel Gibson uses in this movie, it's a Beretta 92F. It's the same prop Beretta that Bruce Willis uses use in yeah. Die Hard. Yep. <laughs> uses. The exact same prop. Yeah, yeah, it's like the exact same prop, which I thought was kind of cool. Just to kind of all those comparisons and kind of the, the yep. same vibe you get from it. So. You really do get the same vibe. For, and, and granted, a lot of the production crew was on Die Hard that the, you know there was also on this movie but you get a lot of comparisons between the two it's a shame there was never a crossover <laughs> when did and, and I, you'll have to forgive me but when did this like when did Die Hard come out in relation year to year after okay so it was 88 then yeah. yeah okay got it but they do they really have a similar feel to them like sure it, even it, the music the crossover doesn't exist but you could you picture <laughs> these characters they could operate in the same oh absolutely at least this first two lethal weapons maybe not once huh. you get into the but then again i guess the diehard franchise kind of goes off the rails too so yeah, <laughs> maybe i saw nagatomi plaza in, in the background of this movie <laughs> you might <Maybe>. have <laughs> um we got some role reversals right we do a whole bunch right we have there's yeah there's definitely some All right, so in my research for this, there was I didn't find anything for Murtaugh. So it looks like basically um, uh, Danny Glover was the choice from, all along. From what I remember reading, Donner loved the color purple and loved his role in it and said, I want him to be in this film. Yeah, and that was actually pretty similar to, to Gary Busey as well. Gary Busey was, you know, he saw him in the Buddy Holly story and was like, yeah, we definitely want Gary Busey. Um, but they did have, I did have some role reversals for it, people they were considering. Okay. So for Gary Busey's role, Mr. Joshua, James Woods. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, the young James Woods yeah. for sure. Yeah, at that time, yeah. Christopher Walken. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. I would say yes. I mean, especially if you look at um, a movie like Under Siege where they're both in it. Oh, yeah. I guess I guess I could see that, yeah. Uh, Keith Carradine. I don't think I know who that is. Um, 
he's I'm trying to think what you would know him in. It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, and Scott Glenn. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I think Scott Glenn would have been all right. But yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Tommy Lee Jones would have been really good. Yeah. I don't I don't like Tommy Lee. I don't like it. So this movie was originally it offered to Bruce Willis. <laughs> and he I don't know if he turned it down or just ended up not doing it for whatever reason. So I for for think... I'm sorry, for Riggs. For Riggs. Yeah, yeah. Um the problem that I have with with him is I just think of John McClane, which is literally just later that year. Yeah. yeah. It's sometimes um, hard with these iconic characters to picture sure. him a different way. But I mean, I, I think yeah. under the different circumstances, I think, yeah, I think Bruce Willis could I think have done it this. could work because at first I was going to say, you know, McClane does it alone. But in Die Hard 3, he's with Samuel L. Jackson. Sure. So you can, like, he does work well with a partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I could see it. I could see yeah. it. Uh, Stephen Lang. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Granted, this is Stephen Lang from that, so he was really completely unknown then. Right. Um, Michael Bean. <laughs> good old Michael Bean. Michael Bean for... could have been a good choice. Yeah. Sure. Now, this is, then the list just gets huge. So I'm just going to go quick. Yeah. Alec Baldwin. No. Jeff Bridges. No. No. Pierce Brosnan. Maybe. <laughs> As an LA cop? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? So this one you may not know. Brian Brown. I know who he is. I don't know who he is. No. All right. I, th- I think Brian Brown would have actually been really good in this. Uh, Nick Cage. No. Oh, no. De Niro. <laughs> he could have been Gary Busey. He could have been Mr. Joshua. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Costner. No. I don't like that. I, I think Costner could have done it. Willem Dafoe, but I think Willem Dafoe would have been better as Mr. Joshua. I agree yeah. there, too. Michael Douglas. Maybe. Yeah. Harrison Ford. Yeah. Richard Gere. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. I, I, there's like anyone you could think of. Even they even have like William Peterson in here, who was, was it, Garrett was in it, uh Young and Still. Wasn't he really interested in like Christopher Reeves too? Because Yeah, he, Christopher Reeve was was another huge because he worked with them, you know, in yeah, Superman, Superman, so Superman. he's really interested in him, yeah. But I think they opted because of the whole Superman persona, like yeah. he didn't think he could play a villain. Because um, even the last Superman was probably right before the first Lethal Weapon. Yeah, I would say they probably line up fairly close to yeah. Quest for Peace or whatever it is. Yeah, I think so. Running, yeah. Yeah. And then like Kurt Russell, Tom Selleck, people like that. So yeah. Stallone, pretty much Swayze. every, <laughs> pretty much anyone every you think 80s of. actor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's 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 plenty. So anyone you could think of that was offered the role and eventually went to, you know, obviously Mel Gibson. Yeah. Which before, what else was Mel Gibson in at this point besides this? Mad Max, right? Mad Max. Mad Max is yeah. that it though? Did he have any other roles? Like, is this really what what shoots him to superstardom? Is the I, first Lethal Weapon? I think this is probably what shoots him. Let me see. I can super, find out real quick. I, I think I, I think this is probably what you know. I, I mean, because I don't know when this is a relation to the Road Warrior, but I think this has probably made him more of a star than that. Yeah, because I, if I remember right, too, Lethal Weapon Two comes out. I think almost like a year after this one. Like they immediately started. Yeah, I think a it's fa- I think it's fairly close a year or two. All right, know. so you had. Road Warrior was 81. Um, yeah, it was Beyond Thunderdome was 85, and then Lethal Weapon was 87. Yeah, okay. so this was really his, yeah, this his is, coming out. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, because the only other movie he did before that that was kind of big was The Bounty, which is a, a mutiny, mutiny on the Bounty. Um, he was in that, but um, that wasn't really anything action-y. Gotcha. And then after Lethal Weapon was Tequila Sunrise, and then Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah, and then that's what year was Lethal Weapon two? Uh, Eighty nine. Yeah, so it was okay. just like a year and a half later. Yeah. Yeah. And then right after that was like Bird on a Wire, Air America, 
lethal weapon yeah. three. Yeah, so this is this is what kind of put him into the stratosphere. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. I think we're ready to rate this guy, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. Would say so. Um, right. I'll go first. Okay. Um, so like I said, this is my first time viewing this movie. I'm familiar with the franchise, but never kind of sat down and watched this one. And I got to say, I like this movie a lot. I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, the chemistry between uh, Danny Glover and uh, Mel Gibson is great. I thought the action scenes were really good, particularly like the one in the desert I really liked. Uh, it's funny, but it also has those serious notes that we talked about. And I think it just, I think from the script and the acting and everything, I think it comes together really well. And it's kind of that one of those like quintessential, like, you know, it's the, the blueprint for all those like buddy cop movies that come afterwards, you know? Uh, so I'm going to give this four machine guns. Yeah, I, um, so we kind of mentioned it in the beginning of the episode that I was surprised we haven't seen this movie yet. And and I mentioned, too, when I talked about my experience with it, that I, you know, I recorded this on TV and, and I watched it all the time as a kid. But it's been a long time since I had seen it. And I actually was slightly let down a little bit. I think I had it more in my head that this was like a phenomenal movie. Like I really came into about to watch the movie thinking this was like a five machine gun level film, just remembering how much history I had on it. And I would say it's not that. Um, I'm with you, Joe. I'm going to give it four machine guns. It's still a great movie. It's a solid movie. It's a great, you know, cop partner movie. Um, just didn't live up to the expectation I had back when I was a kid, but still a great film. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Um, you're right. It's it's a classic 80s action film. Um, it definitely kicked off the whole series. Um, you know, it launched Mel Gibson's career. Uh, it really revitalized Mel, uh, Danny Glover's career as far as, like, action films go. Uh, and it's, it's really enjoyable. I mean, it's got a good pedigree, that's for sure. And uh, you're right. It's infinite. I don't want to say infinitely watchable, but you could definitely. It's a great film to just put on and watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm gonna, yeah, you're right. Four Machine Guns. All right. Wow, we're we're all in agreement. I don't. That doesn't happen too often that we all have the same no, rating. This is, I think, what two two episodes in a row. Yeah, it will be. Because we, we did three and a half. We all said three and a half yeah. for the yeah. last one. Yeah, we are all. Yeah, we, well, he, we we're seldom in agreement, but this one we are. Yeah, so. there we go. All right, so now it's time to check in with our action hero bracket matchup two of round two of the last action podcast action hero bracket has Arnold Schwarzenegger, the T-800, against John Wick. A little old school, a little new school. I have no idea how this is going to shake out. I'm excited to see the results. Check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, on Patreon. If you're a, if you're a patron, you get an extra vote. Please vote. Let us know what you think. Round two, matchup two, T-800, John Wick. Here we go. And there it is, another round two Ooh, matchup. Wow, it's gonna be intense. Jeez. These, I can't wait to these find these matchups out. are getting pretty, pretty good. I'm getting sweaty just thinking about it. Oh. <laughs> You're just sweaty in general. I know. <laughs> All right, well, we are the last action podcast coming to you wherever you listen to podcasts every single Monday of your life. <laughs> every Monday. But for the foreseeable future, (laughs) (laughs) but we are part of the GameZilla Media Network and we have many podcast options 
for you, including Tuesdays will be the GameZilla podcast. Which records live on Mondays. Correct. Live on uh, Twitch and Facebook. Yep. On Wednesdays, we have Noobs Noobs and Dragons. Dragons. Sure do. Uh, Which is our Dungeons and Dragons campaign. On Thursday, we have the Legend of Retro. The Legend of Retro! Our classic classic video game podcast. That is correct, which a few weeks back, maybe a couple months back now, they did the Oregon Trail, which brought back my dysentery days. (laughs) Because I used to... I don't know. It's a weird way. <laughs> Your dysentery days. Yeah, you know, it's the only time I ever got dysentery was when I played the Oregon Trail. Have all, you? Those, all those times you were fingering your asshole and licking your <laughs> oh fingers. Oh, my God. What? That, what the hell? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, dysentery. <laughs> oh, my God. And what do we got on Sundays? I don't even know. I, oh. Well, I believe we have it's no- Noise Land Arcade. Arcade. Yeah, the Simpsons podcast. So, <clears throat> Jesus, I can't. Uh. <laughs> so, something for everybody. Yeah, on the GameZilla Media Network. You are a horrible human being. What the hell's that? Explosions. Oh, fireworks! We gotta <laughs> evacuate. All right. Well, just, yeah, this has been the last action podcast. We gotta go. This uh, this podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. If we're still alive, (laughs) look out.